0: Culture is a living, breathing thing. It is getting better or worse every single day. And it's up to all of us to protect it. I truly believe that. All right, guys. Um, First, thank you for being here. Um, I just, I like to start everything. And so we're going to pretend this is day one. Um, And for Haley, I know it's not. And it's not for you either. So for Shelby. So it's we're just going to pretend it is, right? So the goal and the idea of this is I'm a firm believer. Everything in your life starts with mindset. If your your mindset affects every outcome in your entire life, good, bad, or neutral. And so um, what we're going to do is kind of break down some things mindset related. Uh, we're going to discuss what the team is, why the team was started. Um, we're going to discuss our core values and our mission statements, which is our, that's our guardrails of how we operate day to day, um, that keeps us, um, on the right track. And then we're going to break down time management, which I don't believe in time management. Last time I checked, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So why do some people get more done than others? It's because of the choices that they make. So I don't believe in time management. I believe in choice management. Um, and third and the final piece will be accountability. Uh, my definition of accountability is the highest form of love you can show an individual. You think about it, your best friends, the people that are coaches in high school, the people in your life that you look back on and be like, man, I'm really thankful for those people. Those were the people that truly held you accountable. They weren't the people that made you feel okay being mediocre. They pushed you for more. They strived, made you strive for more and helped you level up in life in one way, shape, or form. And you appreciate that. That's true love. That's true friendship. That's true leadership. That's And that's accountability. And so that's what we believe in. Um, The problem with accountability is most people have been held accountable the wrong way. And so we actually just recorded a podcast on that. You guys should check it out um, when it comes out. But it's um, my definition of accountability is observing or noticing without judgment. So most people have a negative connotation or think accountability is a cuss word because they've been held the wrong way. Like accountability is not to condemn anybody or to judge anybody. It's you said you wanted ABC, I'm partnered with you to help you get it, right? So what got in the way, how can I help improve? And so when you're held accountable the right way, it can actually help you level up in um, in, in life and in business. So that's kind of what the session is gonna be on. Um, so let's just start, let's dive into mindset. So I wanna start with, let's go real estate specific. Let's start there. You may or may not be aware This is a National Association of Realtors stat. 87% of real estate agents fail within their first three years. 87% of new real estate agents fail within their first three years in the business. What's even crazier is of that 13% that make it, 80% of those would make more money working in McDonald's than they do in real estate.
1: Oh, no. According
0: to National Association of Realtors, the average real estate agent makes less than minimum wage. It's not what you see on TV. It's not all of that. So this is a wake-up call to let you know this, this career is not easy. However, Haley, you just came to me from a little bit of lunch conversation and said, wow, your practices work. They do if you work them. And so we have a great track record of success Um, Our record speaks for itself. Number one team in the state of Missouri. We know how to get you successful. However, I tell you those stats to let you know that it's this business won't do it for you, especially in this normalizing marketplace. It's up to you to put in the work, follow the process and the process works. Okay. So why was the team created? Part of your onboarding, Haley and Shelby, if you want to watch this too, get with Amanda, Um, but part of our onboarding for agents is watching my Tahoe speech where I kind of broke down our personal story and listening to Amanda and I's podcast that we did where we told our story, where we come from, what we went through, why we started the team. And it's just it's crucial. It's not to get you guys to listen to me speak or any of that nonsense. It's to let you really know where we come from and why we do what we do. A lot of people have a misinterpretation because my name's on the building, and because we have grown so quickly, they think that I'm one of those selfish, egomaniacs, all that nonsense. And that's not who I am. I've actually asked the team twice if I can remove my name from the building because I hate it. Like I, I, I want something more generic, and they said no. We built such a reputation; it has to stay, right? And so. My point being is if you understand our story, you will understand a lot more about the business. So it's a super crucial part of, of, of the onboarding process. Why was the team created? The team was created because I fortunately, I say my mindset, right? I was fortunate to be in very, very bad situations throughout my life and throughout my real estate career. i used those as learning lessons to get better. And I seen what I didn't want and why I didn't want it. Um, so when I seen those things, I just am a, I'm a person that I have to, I live with integrity and I have a conscience and I have to be able to sleep at night. And so doing the right thing is doing the right thing. Period. That's always raised. Right? So, um, there were some things that I saw at a different organization as I was being my real estate career started off great. I sold 74 homes. My very first year in real estate was rookie of the year, salesperson of the year, broke all kinds of records in the area. Like, I don't say that to brag. I let say that to say, like, even though I was successful very early on, I still saw things that I didn't like and I didn't didn't sit well with me that were being done at the company level that I didn't feel had the best Intentions for the agents and or the clients or both. And I truly want to help people. And I did not feel right at an organization that did not have people's lives first. The P&L does not belong first in business. The real P&L are the people and the lives that you can change. That's my P&L. And that's how we, that's how we live here. And so because I saw some things that were, either unethical or um, weren't how I thought they should have been done because they weren't in the best interest of the client or the agents or the company. It was the best interest of the owner or for profit. Um, There's a lot I could go into there, but no need. I saw those things and it woke me up as to there's gotta be a better way. So that being said, I set out to create a culture Culture's a buzzword. It's thrown out nowadays like crazy. But back then when I started the team in 2016, I I thought I made it up. I'm like, there's this cool thing. What if we have a work environment where everybody enjoys coming to work? Let's start there. There's got to be other real estate agents that feel how I feel. What if I could create the environment where real estate agents can come and enjoy what they do, know that their company has their back, know that they're able to help people buy and sell the biggest asset of their lives and enjoy it? and know that they're doing the right thing by the community? What if buyers and sellers in the community could cope to come to a real estate company and actually trust them when they're buying or selling the biggest purchase of their life? Like what a crazy idea. That's really where it started, right? And so that is why you will hear it over and over again in your handouts you have today are our mission statement and our core values. Because without that, nothing else matters. So culture is everything. Culture over sales. Without a good culture, I don't care how much we sell. I don't. doesn't matter. I'll give you an example. When I built this to, and I didn't build this. We built this. Everybody that is in this building has been a part of us. that's helped us build this together. So this is our culture. Culture is a living, breathing thing. It is getting better or worse every single day. And it's up to all of us to protect it. I truly believe that. So not just protect it, but improve upon it. I look at it this way. This is a great analogy. If you go to the bank, you drive down the road and you go to the bank and you ask them to withdraw money, but you haven't deposited any money into that bank, what are you doing? You're stealing. You haven't deposited into that bank. You can't withdraw. Our culture is a bank. Why I say that is if you deposit into our culture, this culture has your back but you can't just be a taker, you gotta be a giver. And if you give and you deposit into this company, into this culture, into this brand, into this vision, what is cool is, have you ever heard of compound interest?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you get a compound effect from that deposit you put into this culture, into this business, into this company. And when you, when you need that withdrawal, because we all do, that withdrawal is 10, 20 X what it was you deposited because you deposited, because you wanted to do it, because it was the right thing to do. And we've seen it over and over and over again. And so it's so, so crucial. Part of your onboarding, it's tough to get on a job here because we make it tough on purpose. We wanna hire the right people. We want people that fit our culture, period. I don't care how many sales you had. I don't care, I don't care. Are you a good person? Are you willing to learn? And are you willing to apply what you learn? I can work with the rest. And so really, what we do in the interview process is try to figure out who you are as a person at your core. Are you a good person? Would you fit our values? So that being said, you guys are in our circle now, so you're protected. you ever seen the movie Bubble Boy?
1: Yeah, you're in our bubble
0: yeah. right? you're in our bubble now, but it's up to you to make that bubble stronger and protect the people within it and invite the right people. I'm not saying, hey, we're a bubble keep everybody out. no, we want more people, but well, we want the right people right so um i seen this analogy. It was, it was a bowl of fruit. I need to save this, a picture of it for this presentation, but it was a bowl of fruit and you have all this cool looking fruit. That's like fresh fruit. And then you've got one apple that's spoiled. 20 minutes later, the rest of the bowl is spoiled. You got to kick all the bad apples out. We can't be that bad apple. and We can't have them in our culture. And so part, we'll talk more on that um, later, but culture is everything. Culture over sales. And it's up to all of us to protect it. What's good for the team is good for the agent. We have to think team first. That's your deposit. Here's why I say that. Part of what I saw in other environments, and there was great people. Like I make it sound bad. It wasn't all bad. There's great people in other organizations, other agents, other companies that have great relationships and friendships with. However, I believe we are stronger and better together and I believe that we can give a better result to the client that is buying and selling the biggest investment in their life. If we all, all of us are working together for that one client versus me and you fighting over that lead to see who gets that client. Which one is the client going to have a better experience? Because ultimately, without the clients, we don't have a job. And they, we, we owe them to give them the best experience we possibly can. They have earned that. If you're buying or selling a, a house, that's a huge deal, a huge life decision. They're not a lead. They're a person. They have a family. They have a story. And we need to help them the best we can. The, we need to, to deliver the best client experience that we possibly can. And I am a true believer that we can give a better client experience if we're all in this together for that client. What that creates, creates a reputation, creates momentum, creates referrals, because that person sees that experience. They understand it. They feel it. And it was different. And guess what they do? They go out and tell their friends. Then their friends tell their friends. And guess what? They come into our office. They call our office. They come into our website and they want to buy or sell real estate with us. And we all benefit from that because what we focused on was the client experience. How can we make sure this client has the best experience ever versus saying it's not fair. Shelby got that lead and it should have been mine. That's not how we operate here. That's not best for the team. Make sense. Um, Another thing is we have a no gossip policy. I, Sorry, pardon my language, but I fucking hate gossip. I cannot stand it. Gossip and passive aggressive are two things that just—I'm getting my face is getting red thinking about it. I just can't stand it. It's something I don't know. I—I'm pretty good at filtering myself, but those two things I just can't do it. So, real estate is notorious for gossip, right? It just is. It's a it's, In this market, it seems to be a cutthroat business. It doesn't have to be. We choose not to. We we stay above it. Um, However, it can be a cutthroat business. And so let me give you a real life example. Again, all of this started like you guys come to this organization now and you're like, wow, this is the number one team in in the state. And they've been number one in the area for six or seven years in a row. We haven't always. We started at zero. And so when we started it, I just got goosebumps thinking back. So when we started it, we always have kept the vision of culture first. Let me give you some real life examples. Number one, the company's brand new. We just had hundreds of thousands of dollars taken from us from contracts from our previous brokerage when we moved. That basically was stolen, legally stolen. They are the broker. That was their right. However, it's not the right thing to do, right? Right Right is right and wrong is wrong. Regardless, it happened. Um, I chose to just keep digging and there's other people I can help, right? When we did that, you can imagine the financial struggle. Starting a brand new company, when you have hundreds of thousands of dollars, like we haven't always been quote unquote well off. Like listen to our story, you'll understand. Um, We I know what broke feels like. So we've done that twice and reset the switch and had stuff stolen from us to build what we built. My point being, it was in one of those gaps where we were starting over. And when we were starting over, we had a new agent that joined the team. This agent had experience. They were um, we what we thought would be a great fit for the team. Very first day on the team, because we, we preach culture. A lot of the girls on the team take this new girl out to lunch and welcome her to the team. Pretty cool, right? Well, I hear about it. It comes back to me is here's here's what played out at lunch this girl started talking about somebody else on the team that wasn't present at lunch in a negative way i had preached and poured culture and everybody believed it so much in their heart that they stopped this girl and said no whoa 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 we don't do that here if you have a problem with so-and-so I'm happy to help you fix it. And we can talk with them. I can pull Matt in whatever to address this if it's a true problem. But we don't gossip about people when they're not present. We don't do that here. We don't allow it. Like whenever you can create a cult, whenever that came back, I'm like, holy shit, I'm onto something here. There's people that actually, it's not just something I'm saying anymore. It's a, it is a living, breathing thing. Like when is the last time you heard that ever happening? It just doesn't.
1: Barely, yeah.
0: Like at, at best, people just won't contribute to that. They, they stop them in their tracks and said, whoa, stop. We don't do that here. That's what culture means. That's the environment that you're a part of. However, it's up to you to protect it and improve it. Fast forward, we're in another one of those transitions. Top producer on the team comes out that they don't fit our core values. They don't match in true alignment with our vision or doing some things that don't sit well with me, that other people are recognizing and just not within values. The team is, building a real estate team is very, very hard to do. The team isn't about break even, like we're not making any money, but we're not losing any money. This is our top producer on the team. Oh Immediately what I did, we had a meeting, Sorry, you're not a good fit. Well, what about all my sales? I don't care about your sales. I care about the culture. And you're not contributing to the culture you're taking away. So you can take away somewhere else. Wow. money for the next six months. But I believed in culture. I believed if we do the right thing, eventually enough good people will join and want to be a part of it. So I tell you that story to let you know that this isn't just theory, this is what we do. Yes, I want you to sell a lot of houses. Yes, I want you to do great things, but you have to stay in alignment with culture because without culture, nothing else matters. All right, um, culture polices itself. Going back to the uh, gossip story, That's an example of, you'll hear me say it from time to time, our culture polices itself, meaning I don't have to get involved. If I do, it's very rarely, and I'm happy to. But it's because we all have clear guidelines of what our values are. And if you are outside of values, we're going to have that conversation. And we're going to resolve it. A lot of people look at conflict as it's a bad thing. I love conflict. Without conflict, you have no resolution. I want to resolve things. I don't want things to fester. If you just let it fester, it gets worse. And then you blow your blow your lid one day, right? Like, so when I say I love conflict, it's not like I want to go have arguments and fights. I love conflict because of what it produces. It produces resolutions. So anyway, try pl- the, the culture polices itself. Um, we are a client. I kind of hit on this earlier. Our team model doing everything for the client. So we call that client centric. And you'll see that in your buyer's presentation. Everything we do the client's in the, So here's a visual representation. You'll see it. But here's the client in the middle. And then we have departments around the client that serves the client. Right. Most real estate companies have the agent and the agent is doing these things. And the client's one of them. Right. So the agents in the center, we are client centric, doing what we can to give the client the best experience versus, well, I'm an agent in bubble, whatever, whatever agents do. Like we are team first, client clients first, then the agents, then the company, right? Like it's it has to go that way. So we have to be client centric. I said that backwards. Clients first, the team next. You serve the client, you serve the team. I promise you will get everything that you want. All right, uh, let's go over the mission statement. Who wants to read that? Will you guys read that out loud?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, every day our company will passionately exceed the expectations of the buyers, seller, and agents that we serve by guiding them to have smooth, successful transactions. We will develop the careers of our family and agents and staff through hard work, integrity, and proven processes that are the best in the industry.
0: Right. So what you'll see is that there's definitions for all the, the highlighted words um and so we don't need to do that here but i please take the time to do that and understand what that means what i think a lot of so here's where a lot of cultures and companies go wrong they create a mission statement they talk about a few core values they hang them on the wall and they talk about them once a year (laughs) we live it we breathe it that's who we are like if you stay within those guardrails great things happen All right. Um, so now let's go to core values and Haley, this should have been a part of your contract, correct? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to assume that you read through that before you signed. Okay. So keep a copy of this because again, our core values, we, we go by ready, right? Hey, that's our core values. That's that's our acronym. So we can remember Right. It's R-E-A-D-I-I. That's how we remember it. Right. However, there's a lot more to just the word relationship. And so all these paragraphs are extremely important. And you'll get to know during our our weekly meeting cadences, we talk about core values a lot. We talk about, we go over our mission statement all the time. We congratulate people based on core values. I coach people up based on core values. Like it, it is who we are. And so it's very important that you understand what each of these mean. And I challenge you to figure out what they mean to you, because all of these I have found relate to somebody in some way. And you may relate to them a tad different than this definition. But what does that definition mean to you? So that's that's my challenge for you. So we have relationships. We have education. We have accept responsibility, discipline, initiative and integrity with a hidden one in there, which is grit. You got to be gritty in this business. If you're not willing to persevere and power through, you're not going to make it. You're going to be a part of that 87%. Um, next, we have cultural standards. And, it, and so let's go back to core values. So on the core values, they are, they are stacked this way on purpose, at least integrity being on the bottom on purpose. So Shelby, what's the name of the company that you work for in our property management division? Integrity. Integrity property oh,
1: management. <laughs> oh, why do you my. think we named
0: it that? Do you you know why? Do you, Shelby, do you know why we started a property management company? Um. <laughs> no. So we are going to adjust our onboarding so that you and anybody else that we bring on after you, as we grow that division, knows the version of this. So we started our property management company because Amanda and Julie both had several years of property management experience at a previous company. Um, they witnessed some of the same things and trials and tribulations I did in the real estate. It was just it happened to be the same company. Um, and we started our own real estate company. Julie moved away um, and me and Amanda were starting a team. Well, Amanda wanted to kind of get away from property management. Our phones rang off the hook with people wanting to rent houses, list their house for rent. And we kept having to turn people away. Day after day, week after week, month after month. Hundreds, hundreds of people. Go back to why did we start MSREG? I wanna help people. These people are calling us for a reason. They need some help. So if we're gonna build a property management company, we're gonna build it upon integrity because we feel like that is lacking in the property management businesses in our area. And so that's where that name came from. Um, anyway, integrity for MSREG, going back to that, it is the foundation of our core values. Without integrity, none, you can follow every other core value to a T, but if you don't have integrity, it doesn't matter. My definition of integrity is doing the right thing even when, no, let me rephrase that. Doing the right thing, especially when no one is watching. My definition of integrity is doing the right thing, especially when no one is watching. When you think about that, that says a lot about a person. What are you doing when nobody's around? Are you take, Are you cutting corners? Are you doing the right things that's the right thing? All right, cultural standards. Be a positive contributor to the team culture and core values. Be a positive influence in the office and the community. Be present, prepared, and a positive influence for team meetings, trainings, huddles, and team events. Have you guys ever seen the movie Mr. Popper's Penguins? No. All these peas reminds me of that. Um, Anyway, I watch it with my kids. It's a kid's movie. Anyway. um, All right. So always operate in the spirit of contribution. Master the fundamentals. And if you're an agent, work on your business a minimum of one hour a day with a block down on your schedule, prospecting, follow-up, and sending video messages. Coach Pipes hit that one home pretty hard today. Haley, were you in that call with Coach Pipes?
1: I was. um, I actually sent you my notes already. (laughs) Awesome. So you um, really pointed out like the – that it was really cool because I after going off these cultural standards, that's what you reviewed today in that message um, after the meeting was reverting back to being ready. Are you really ready if you're driving? And it just makes sense. So I see it all click together.
0: Yep. It's 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 the same message, just delivered in a different way, because mm-hmm. this wins. I know it wins. This is the roadmap. The proof is in our results. You just have to follow the roadmap. Most side note: Where most real estate agents fail, as they fall for shiny object syndrome. Oh, there's this new lead, this one opportunity, this crazy chance of a unicorns and rainbows. The basics win every time, over and over and over. Consistency and discipline.
1: When it talks about master the fundamentals and like where, what's the layout for that? Like, I know, like it's what common.
0: fundamentals are you talking? Remember, about? this is session one. For you. Okay. <laughs> so, so prospecting, role playing, scripting, presentations, how you show a property, um, the basics. Okay. Um, it's also important to note that you are creating your business. Yes. You're a part of a team, but you need to treat your business like it's a business. Whether, I think this applies to everybody in the world. Too many people clock in and clock out and just go through the motions. Whether you get paid hourly, you're a salary, you're an owner, you're in commission, it doesn't matter. Your actions, what you do on a daily basis reflects your life, reflects your habits, reflects your disciplines, and ultimately reflects your paycheck. What I have found is, I think Coach Pipe said it today, if you you aren't disciplined, the market will discipline you. If you aren't disciplined, the world will discipline you. Like you want to make more money, be more disciplined, be more consistent, provide more value to the world. It doesn't happen overnight, but eventually everybody gets what they deserve, good or bad. That's what I believe. Um, so you're creating your business. Treat it like a business. Clock in, clock out, show up. Um, open up your storefront, right? Right. Uh, get off the roller coaster. So part of my struggles as a real estate agent was I would ride the roller coaster. So I had at one point in time, my very first year and full year in real estate, I had 43 pendings at one time. Single agent. Wow, that's lot. Tell me about it. Here's when I, here's where a big light bulb clicked for me. And you'll hear this in my story. So I won't even run it for you. I'll let you hear, I'll hear the the, the funny part in the title of speech. But I remember I went to a closing. I don't even think I told this in title. I went to a closing and I showed up because it was in my calendar. I shook the hands of the people buy, selling the house. Everything got done. They walked away. I got my commission check. I looked at the commission check and somebody said, oh, what was their name again at the title company? I couldn't remember their names i had 43 pendings as a single agent i had zero help i didn't have anything i i didn't know who they were i'm like what the fuck is wrong with me what am i really doing this for and it was a wake-up call am i That's doing this for the fun or am i doing this for people this is about the people right and so um I break that down on my story that you guys will listen to um, in the uh title speech, but um it's still um it, it was real. So roller coaster, what happened was and what real estate agents do, and they're terrible about it. I want you to write this quote down. People stop doing what works because it works. Hmm. Salespeople are the worst at it. People stop doing what works because it works let's relate that to fitness and health because everything's easy to relate to that. And I'm definitely not the model for it. Um, I'm the model for how not to do it because I have been in good shape in my life and I'm not right now. So I know how to get in good shape. I know how to be healthy, but I stopped doing it because I felt like I was healthy and in good shape. I quit doing what worked because it worked. True. <laughs> so
1: true. Oh my
0: gosh. So good thing. Discipline is one of our core values, right? So that we won't let that happen. Does That make sense. Same thing with, so what happens in real estate is you, you call all these people, you send all these appointments, you write all these contracts, you have all these pennies, you have all these closings. What happens is once you get so far down the funnel, you focus on the ones that are under contract. And that's your focus, especially as a single agent, because there's fires, there's inspections, there's deadlines, there's talking with lenders, talking with title. There's all kinds of craziness that happens after you write a contract. You'll learn that when you shadow the TC, some of that. And so I thought, and so, what happened was, I would close 10, 12, 14, 15 transactions in a month and be like, hell yeah, look at this. But then I wouldn't make money for two months because I babysat those files to get them to the closing. And then I had to start all over again. It was a roller coaster, right? Roller coasters, I love them. I'm an adrenaline junkie, but the real estate roller coaster sucks. And what, I, what we have created here is a way for you to get off of that roller coaster. We have created a predictable real estate business. We will break down and show you if you do A, B, and C, you will get X, Y, and Z. And if you want X, Y, and Z, we can reverse engineer that. All you have to do is A, B, and C. It's pretty simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. The path is in the math. So part of the reason we've been able to do that is because we can allow our agents to have tunnel vision and focus on what they're good at. We call that, and I'm jumping ahead, but we call that dollar productive activities. We'll get on that when we talk about time management. But we can create a predictable business model for you to make sure that you don't ride that roller coaster. You just have to trust the process. Um, We'll do a goal setting session that will kind of break down some of those numbers and those metrics. Um, Also, Haley, do you know, you probably don't, write down this note to... um, Send me a Google chat to get uh, your playbook to 20 closings. I want to send you a copy of that. Um, And we need to add that to the session too. I'll make a note of myself. But I want to send you a copy of that because that breaks down some of that math. But I want you to have that. That's our playbook of you talked about the fundamentals. That's a great start of our fundamentals.
1: I think I saw that somewhere. So, okay.
0: Cool. Um, as a matter of fact, Sean's been super helpful. You're sitting next to him, ask him for a copy of it. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. And we'll break down how to do close relate to appointments, agency agreements, contacts, and calls. So basically what I can do is I can tell you if you make, if you make X amount of calls, that equals X amount of money for you. Like I'll break it down. It's, there, it's there's math. We track everything. And so, I've seen it time and, time and of course there's a little bit of variation. Give me five percent of skill set of time you called um, the mode of the buyer seller whatever, but action eat produces results over and over and over again. Here's what I will tell you: our predictors have never there has never been somebody that has done the action required to get the result that has not received the result based upon the action they've taken. The people that haven't received the result is because they didn't take the action.
1: Marketing is math, is what I've learned. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. Um, Also, here at Massimuth Real Estate Group, we're a family. We truly are. That's part of our culture. I have to ask you a question. Did your family have dysfunction? Do you have a crazy uncle? Do you have problems in your family? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: I do. Do you? (laughs)
0: Yep. We all do, right? I do, too. Well, so do we at MSREG. We're not perfect. But when that family has dysfunction, what do we do? We help them up. We give them a hand up, right? We don't kick them while they're down. We help each other because we're family. So I tell you that to let you know we are family, but we're not perfect. And if we slip, we stumble. Just help us so we can help you. We're not perfect. We always have each other's backs and we live and breathe by our core values. Like that's our guardrails. And so, as you're going through onboarding, it already hasn't been perfect, right? Because we have dysfunction. We're not perfect. So, just go roll with the punches with us and realize that we have the best intentions and we will work through it together. Um, all right. So, congratulations. You both are now a part of our family. You made the cut. But with great <laughs> power comes great responsibility. Like I said, with culture, you protect your family, right? We are family. Protect it. Also, I talk a lot about culture, and we have more agents coming on too. And a lot of people think, "Well, you bring people on. How are you going to make sure that you maintain culture?" Because most people are used to corporate America, and I just think differently than other people. I like to challenge things, and so. I know bringing you on this team is going to shift our culture. I'm not an idiot. Adding new people is going to change things. Adding one person, adding 10, adding 100, doesn't matter. It's going to change. But I'm bringing you in to change it in a very strategic way. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We heard from Bill Pipes today. Most agents that aren't going to, aren't going to succeed because they don't have the skill. They don't take the action. That's what it boils down to. So guess what I am forcing a force multiplier of bringing in new people that are hungry, that want big goals, that are willing to do great things and take the action. Because if Haley comes in and starts dominating, saying all kinds of women as the new girl, There's somebody over here that's comfortable, hasn't been taking the action that you're going to come up to. They're going to be like, holy shit, what's she doing? And you're going to inspire and motivate and we all rise together. Rising tide rises all ships. So I need you. Here's your job, Haley. Can I ask you a favor? Anything. Your job as a new agent, I brought you in strategically right? Your job is to make the agents that are already on the team feel embarrassed about their work ethic because this new girl is coming in and outworking them.
1: I've never had like um, a boss or a leader ever view it or say it that way. That is really cool.
0: Can you do that for me?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Love it. All right. Any questions on any of that mindset related stuff?
1: No, sir.
0: Okay, let's get into time management slash choice management. So I already gave you my spiel. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Last time I checked, we're all the same seven days a week. So how does this person get this much done when this person gets this much done? It boils down to the choices they make. If you boil it down to its simplest form, which I live my life by the KISS principle. It's because I'm not very bright, so I have to simplify things. Keep it simple, stupid, right? So the simplified version is the choices they make produce better results. So I don't want you to focus on time because we can't control it. But we can control the choices of what we're doing with the time we do have. So we have a couple of tools for that. One is a ninety sixty or a 60-30. You will hear that. You will see signs. You will see people practicing that in this office because that is productivity time. That is time to get shit done. So what a 90-60 is, is the human brain can only focus for so long. Like I've read all kinds of studies from neurologists, all kinds of things. The brain can only focus for so long. But if you are able to have tunnel vision Block out everything. Earbuds work great. Put your phone on silent or airplane mode. Set it out of reach. Set a timer. This is how I do it. I'll set a timer for sixty minutes, ninety minutes, however much time block I have, and I will literally put it where I can't reach it because I'm addicted to this thing. Are you anybody else? Yeah. Right. So I I know myself. So I just put it where I can't reach it, and I I make a list before I do all this. Of here's this what I'm going to accomplish or project I'm going to work on during this time block, right? And I send it away and I forget it. No distractions. That's why you'll see people with a sign that says 60, 30, leave me alone, right? Okay. They're probably more polite than me. That's what mine says. Um, but, but basically, it's because they know it only works if you truly have tunnel vision. And so when you have that tunnel vision, there's a cool thing that happens. Number one, have you ever heard of flow state? My mentor, my Milet, teaches this really well, and so I'm going to butcher it. But have you ever done have you ever done something or been involved in something that you felt very, very proud of where you look back and you're like, holy shit, what just happened? (laughs) You ever experienced that? I have, Yeah, that's a flow state. You were in your element. You were in your zone. That's what you can create through this. You were tricking your brain to do that. Like, I'll give you honestly, I'll give you my biggest example of, of getting this is. Um, my title of the speech that you guys will watch is um, I had no right to be on that stage. I was in the room with 200 of the top real stages in the freaking world. Um, why they asked me to speak. I don't know. But as soon as they asked me, I jumped all over it. My first speaking gig ever in public. Nobody knew that. I didn't tell anybody till afterwards, but I know what opportunity looks like. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm afraid of regret way more than failure. So I jumped all over it. I prepared, I prepped my ass off for it. I get up there and literally when I got done, I felt like I was up there for 30 seconds. I didn't remember anything. I had to literally walk out of the room and like gather myself and be like, all right, where am I? <laughs> like it was because I was in my element. I was in my zone, right? And so you can do a version of that by blocking out the world and really having tunnel vision focusing on something. Um, Another really important thing to realize, multitasking is bullshit. It does not work. If you put your good multitasker on your resume, do yourself a favor and get rid of it. Truly productive people realize it doesn't work. It's counterproductive. You cannot be a good multitasker. If I'm good at managing my time, I will dominate you way more. I have a cool exercise to prove it if you don't believe me. Um, but so 60 30 or 90 60, the 60 or the 30 afterwards is because so the 90 or 60 beginning is if you did four hour block, we can't focus for that long. Right? But for 90 minutes, you can zone in and focus on something. 60 minutes? Absolutely you can. And the 30 or the 60 after that is all right, now it's time to catch up. Let me see what missed calls I had, what texts I had, what leads came in, et cetera. Now it's my catch up time. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So you'll hear people talk about that in this office. It's because it works. Success leaves clues. Somebody sees somebody climb the, the success ladder in an organization because we're very transparent. They will start watching what they do. Hence why I want you to take more action, Haley, because your success is going to breed other people to want to do more and we all get better together. So time blocking. You need to plan your day in advance. And you do that through time blocks. If, you, if I fail to plan, that means that I plan to fail. So if I don't have a written plan of what I'm going to do with my time, that means I'm planning to fail. In this business specifically, too many people in life, but in this business specifically, they work on accident and not on purpose. I call them Pop-Tart realtors. Pop-Tart pops up and they get all excited. The Pop-Tarts a showing, right? Oh, I'm so excited. I got a showing. I got a showing. Oh, who are you showing? I don't remember their name. What house are you showing? Oh, I don't remember. Are they paying cash? Oh, I didn't ask. They don't know anything. They're just excited. They're going to meet somebody. So they're going to meet a stranger at the house. They know nothing like, no, live a a life by design, live on purpose, not on accident. That's how we can create a predictable real estate business. I tell my time what to do, not the other way around. I'm in control.
1: Wow. So, change my life. <laughs> do what? I said I'll change my life. That, that,
0: that will. Yeah. All right. So, has anybody heard of budgeting money before? hmm So what? I have a cool exercise. I'll do it with you guys real quick. If I were to ask you, you only get to pick one. Which one is most important to you in your life? Time or money? Time. Shelby? Time. 100%. Most big thinkers say time. Some people say money. And I get it. I love money. Money's not... There's nothing wrong with money. With more money, I can help more people. Right? Um, money's a magnifying glass. class. It makes you more of who you are. Uh, however... If I So for the people that say that they would pick money, they're probably in a financial struggle, whatever. Um, I get it. I've been there. Um, And I've been the person that said money before because I fucking needed it. Um, So, but if I were to say, hey, I'll give you a million dollars, you'd be excited. Better yet, I'll give you $10 million. You'd be excited, right? Nothing could ruin your day. You'd be on top of the world. I just got $10 million. Nothing will make you in a bad mood. What if I told you the only way you could take that is if you did not wake up tomorrow? Would you take it? So tell me again how money is more valuable than time. Time is way more valuable than money. But we spend so much time talking about budgeting our money. We've all heard of it. We probably don't all do it. We should, but we've at least heard of it. Why don't we budget our time that we've already decided is way more valuable than money? They're, they print more money every day and we <laughs> try to budget it
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> they don't make more time but we still budget it it makes no sense to me we budget money which is out of our control and we let time happen to us instead of for us
1: do you budget, budget your, your personal time? time
0: do what do
1: you budget personal time 100 percent. you do okay you it's not like, in my calendar you're... it does not happen because <laughs> I'm like, what about time for kids? I got to budget all these. I'm like, is that what he does? Because I think I'm going to budget my kids. <laughs>
0: so I don't go crazy. Like, not every block is filled, but the important things I have a standing time block I've had for years between seven and eight o'clock. Good luck getting a hold of me because that's my family time. That's my appointment. I don't, nothing's getting in the way of that because that's my priority right there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, but. I'm confident in saying that because I planned for it. So I got everything else done before then, so I don't have to play catch up. I planned for it. I budgeted for that. Does that make sense? Yes, 100. Cool. All right. Um, another thing, and this is a pet peeve of mine too: being busy is not a good thing. Quit wearing busy like it's a badge of honor. Like you don't get a trophy for being busy. Strive to be productive. That's what matters. That's what serves the world. Most people that say that they're busy, it's because they want that pat on the back because they're busy, but they're truly busy because they're keeping themselves from productivity because they're scared of failing. Try to be productive, remove busy from your vocabulary. It does not serve the world. Um, All right. Managing your time. I said earlier, we can create a predictable business, how we can do that is as an agent on this team, you are focused on three things and nothing else. Because every part of the other, of the real estate transaction we will take from you. So again, we're client-centric. So we have a transactions department that can take care of that. We have a marketing department that takes care of that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? You are responsible for three things. They're called dollar productive activities. When I was creating the team, it was a light bulb moment for me. I only get paid when I sell a home, why in the hell am I spending my time, probably 60, 70% of my time chasing paperwork, checking in with lenders, doing administrative tasks, marketing for for other leads. Why am I spending my time doing that when I make money when I'm face-to-face with people? So that's what we created, is I want you, Haley, as an agent to do the things that make you money and everything else, I want to take off your plate so you can do more of the things to make you money so you can make more money and help more people. Does that make sense?
1: Is that the belly button to belly button? You're talking face That's to right. face. That's right. Okay.
0: So your dollar productive activities, you get paid to do three things. Write these down. Dollar productive activities. Prospect. Show. And negotiate. I'll say it again. Prospect. Show. Negotiate. I want you to say this with me. I'm going to repeat it, and then we're going to do it together. Prospecting is my job, and I'm good at it. Ready? One, two, three. Prospecting, Prospecting is my, my
1: job, job, and I'm good I'm at good it.
0: good at it. All right. Bill Pipes hammered that one home already today, but similar message, right? Um, showing. So part of what people do wrong, number one is, so I used this in a podcast yesterday, actually is I heard this on the stage at Tony Robbins event that I was at real estate agents are like doctors what do you do when you go to the doctor you walk in what does the doctor say
1: what's wrong what do you (laughs) need
0: they find your what your pain right where you hurt what do you need why are you here as a salesperson we try to solve problems before we figure out the problem we role-played this a little bit in the, um, in the agent area earlier. The doctor asks you what your problem is so that they can fix it. If you, as a real estate agent, if you just focus on figuring out what their pain is, what their problem is, and then you solve their problem, I guarantee you, you add value to their life. When you add value to their life and you solve their problem, you make a sale. So drive the bus, figure out what the problem is. Next thing. What does the doctor do? You say, hey, my elbow hurts. What do they give you? Write it on a fancy notepad. A prescription. Refer us to Virginia. (laughs) They give you a prescription. They solve your problem. Find the problem, solve the problem. Be the doctor. Drive the bus. You are the professional. Act like it. Don't be passive in this role. You don't tell your doctor what prescription you need, he tells you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> your real estate license easy? No. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely not. No. So you you got that. You're certified. You are a professional. Act like it. So professionals are, so don't take this the wrong way and, like, be a jerk to clients. That's not what I'm saying. But clients need you to guide them through the process. I see agents be way too passive. And you have to build that relationship and deposit into that business relationship account with your clients. So they trust you, you build rapport and trust. But when you do that, you drive the bus is the analogy I use. Don't let your clients tell you what's next. You educate and inform them on what's next. Hey, you, you, you found the the perfect house. I love it. I love that you guys like this house. Let's go back and make an offer and make it yours versus most agents wait on the client to say, yeah, I think this is the one. What are you doing to facilitate to see if this is the one for them to help them make that decision? Versus you waiting on them to tell you, I wanna go see a house or I wanna buy this house. It is your job to be a facilitator, to facilitate them to make the right decision for them and their family. And you do that through asking great questions. So get in the driver's seats. You are the real estate professional. Another thing, too, that we do, uh, you'll hear me say it. It's one of our kind of our themes right now. Uh, Belly button to belly button is our theme. So glad you remember that. That's cool that it sticks out. Um, (laughs) However, surprise showings are a great way to get belly button to belly button. Don't wait on the client to tell you, hey, I want to go see this property. I met with you. I know what you're interested in. Same thing goes for you, Shelby. If you know what a, a tenant is looking for, why wait? And say, ask, have them call. Hey, we just got this new property. It fits a lot of the criteria you and your wife, Sally, were looking for. I've got a book for four o'clock today. See you guys there. What value does that provide to them versus you sending to them and say, Hey, let me know what you think. That's not what salespeople do. That's not what professionals do. That's what amateurs do. We're professionals. It's all about the client experience. The number, number one complaint I hear about real estate agents is lack of communication. Number two, is my real estate agent didn't do anything for me. I found the house for myself. They just opened the door. Don't be a door opener. Be a real estate professional. There's a big difference. All right, and then negotiate. Um, Negotiations are writing offers, counter offers, inspections, anything that you're negotiating because you have to have your license to do that. Um, So that is still under your realm and it's a very, very important part of what you do. The better you become at negotiating, the more clients that you'll be able to serve, the better deals you get for them, the more they'll be able to buy, et cetera. So here's my secret on negotiation. I play chess and not checkers. I start with the end in mind. What is the end result that makes sense for my client? I'm going to start here, and the path is going to take us to here. Start with the end in mind. It will change the way you negotiate. Um lean on lean on your pod leader, lean on me. Lean on your mentor to help you with that. And other experienced team agents again, we are here to help. We are a team working together. So if you're struggling with one of your clients, lean on us. We're here to help you. Shelby you too. If you need some help with a tenant, you need your double booked on showings, ask one of our agents. We got you. Um so and <laughs> and also it's important to note I said this earlier, I kind of pinned on it, is there are some, there's some cutthroat things in our area. And us being, I'm just going to say it, I say this humbly, but us being the best, we have targets on our back. Always, without fail, kill them with kindness. Don't get in the weeds, it's not worth it. A client's talking bad about another real estate agent, don't go there. Don't go there. A real estate just yelling, screaming at you, don't go there. We are the professional. We stay above it. We don't fall into that drama and gossip. Um, we also have a daily tracker. Um, you will get a copy of that um that will we'll show you how to fill out, break down. And it's really, really important to, to help plan your day. It has time blocks on it, it has a number of calls, it has successful things you should do as an agent. Um, but the numbers matter. and That's how you create a predictable business. And we will show you how. I have another saying. Have you ever heard uh eat your frog first? You guys ever heard that?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Oh, you're frozen.
1: <laughs> so are you. <laughs> Simon says move.
0: Mm. Oh, I hear you. Can you guys hear me now?
1: We can hear you. We just you're frozen.
0: Okay. I hope my face isn't all goofy. That's always the best. Um, all right, so um, eat your frog first. I say that because it's the tough things that you know you need to do today that we tend to push off and we procrastinate. Master your mornings. Whatever that tough thing is that you don't want to do today, but you know it needs to be done, i.e. prospecting, do it first. It sets up positive momentum for the rest of your day, because once you knock that out, how do you, if you guys ever been on a health kick where you're like, I'm, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start eating healthy. You guys ever done that?
1: <laughs> Every day. <laughs> okay.
0: What happens when you wake up that morning and you're like, I don't want to work out, but you have that mindset. You're like, I'm going to do it anyway. And you push through. How do you feel when you got done with that workout? Accomplished. A fuck, fucking amazing. Yeah. Right. You feel on top of the world because you didn't negotiate with yourself and you kept your commitment to you. That's how you build self confidence, number one. But number two is that's what happens when you master your mornings because you know you need to do it. The further you push it to later in the day, the bigger it gets. Knock it out and build that feeling of accomplishment to help carry over the rest of the day. We will give you an ideal weekly schedule. Um, It's just an idea of what your day should look like as a real estate agent. Um, It's a guide, if you will. And so we'll break that down for you, um, what that kind of looks like, what the average day looks like. Um, It's pretty cool stuff to help you plan your day accordingly. Um, Any questions on time management?
1: Um, Is the Daily Tracker different than like your Google and your... um Yep. follow up, boss totally different
0: yep so Sorry. it's just it's an old-fashioned paper sheet that you write you can write on oh okay so you can have it at your desk um yeah if you don't get training on that this week uh next week um let me know and we'll go through that but that's part of our process you should you should have a video and um we have them printed out by the printer so if you have questions ask another agent they can help you with that um, all right last, but definitely not least, this is the foundation. Just like integrity was last, it's the foundation. None of that stuff matters without accountability. You remember what my definition of accountability is? I'
1: for you over here. Um, okay. You still a lot to me? I have no idea Right now.
0: It's the highest form of love you can show an individual. And to help hold people accountable the correct way, you have to observe and notice without judgment. So there's, some, there's a cadence of accountability that we have on the team, and we're always evolving it. So part of our dysfunction, remember, dysfunctional family that we are, is that things change around here. So roll with it. We're changing for the better. And we may change and we fall on our face. But guess what? We get back up, we would dust ourselves off and we go a different direction. Um, so part of that is we have morning huddles. You may have been a part of one or two of those already. If not, we have them tomorrow. You can join. Um, and it's basically a way to be a forum for everybody. Um, we're going to adjust those now that we have pod leaders to have more accountability tied to them. Uh, but, um, that is, please don't give away my secret, but one of the most important things of the morning huddle is to make sure agents are up and out of bed and aren't still in their pajamas because <laughs> <laughs> agents tend to get lazy and do that. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, but no, it's accountability. It's like, Hey, what are you going to do today? Um, all right. Can I hold you accountable? how did you, did you accomplish things yesterday, et cetera? Right. Um, Anything you need help with, any struggles you have, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Um, We have accountability tools such as the Daily Tracker. We use this cool software called Sisu. That's where the magic happens in us delineating these numbers and what they mean and how we can help you improve your business. So here's an example like it's so important that you track your numbers. Let me give you an example why. If you are making the calls, you've got the scripting down, you're setting the appointments they're showing up, you're meeting them, but you're not, they're not signing an agreement with you. That shows me where your hole is in your training that I can help you fill so that you can make more money and help more people.
1: Negotiation, I'm assuming.
0: Well, it's presenting negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's a real thing that happens a lot is people get scared to ask for that commitment. Right. Um, so we'll go through that when we get there. Um, however, it allows me to find gaps in what we can improve. But what's cool about gaps is it sounds negative, but it's not. It's super positive because that's where the growth is. And if you wanna grow, you gotta have gaps. If you're perfect at everything, you can't improve, right? When you have grow- gaps, we can find rooms for growth. Um, we have self-directed work groups, which we're just finishing up our last round. We'll start those again, um, but that's uh, basically peer-to-peer accountability groups that we do weekly, um, that are very, very effective. Uh, we also, we also just believe in being disciplined, right? So going back to our core values is, if you tell me you're going to do something, I'm—I was raised to take people on their word. I'm going to assume that you did it. And if you didn't do it, tell me why you couldn't get it done. Like, right? Like that's that's what grownups do. So, um, but accountability truly is so important because I feel like this lacks is lacking a lot in real estate. Is because as a salesperson, there are times where you sell a big house and you make a big commission check, and you don't think you need to follow the process anymore. I don't need to be accountable. I had a great month, but I know what happens three months later. You're starving. It's because you didn't, you weren't willing to be held accountable to the system and the process that works. So here's what I want to end on. Here's the power of accountability. We have so many people on this team that came from other organizations that came with zero real estate experience that have truly changed their life being a part of this team. And I mean, change your life financially, health-wise, um, physically, mentally, everything. That's what we do here. But why we were able to do that is because we have such a family and culture of accountability that we truly believe that if I hold you accountable, you can't get offended because that's me showing you love. I'm holding you accountable, not for me, it's for you. You told me you wanted A, B, and C. I partnered with you to accomplish it. Let's do it together. And sometimes accountability, love, and support doesn't always feel like love and support. There's a thing called tough love. Sometimes you'll get that because that's what truly helps you get to your goal. That's what helps you change your life. You will hear, as an example, something that stands out is Tasha. She told me yesterday, and she's one of our pod leaders. Uh, She told me yesterday in a a pod leader meeting that um, some tough love and accountability, if she looks back, that right there is the one thing that's helped her transform her life. She accomplished her 10-year goals. She was at another real estate company, wasn't, wasn't making it, was going broke. No sales, six months. She came to our team. I forced her to set down goals, different things, helped her work through them. She set down, her, her big goals were to buy a Jeep Wrangler. She's driving a Jeep Wrangler. Her big goals were to take her family to the beach because they'd never been out of the state. In year one, guess where she took her parents? all-inclusive resort in Mexico. She wanted to have a lot of money in her savings account because she figured that right there would mean that she made it. She accomplished that. She wanted to buy a house, she now owns two.
1: Wow. she with
0: us in three years. That was her 10-year goal that was such a big goal for her that it took me forever to get that out of her. But because she dug deep and figured out why she wanted those and was willing to be held accountable, she accomplished them in three. That's the power of accountability.
1: Wow. Good
0: thing she's my pod leader. Ask her about it. She'll tell you.
1: Yeah, she's my pod leader.
0: (laughs) she's like, she's one example that just popped in my head. I have have several examples of people that have either done it or are on their way to doing it. So, um, but none of that happens without accountability. Awesome. Sorry, I went over, but I think this was some good stuff. I hope this was helpful for you guys. It's always a good refresher for me. I refuse to let anybody else do this session because this is what I'm passionate about. So, um, any questions for me?
1: Uh, no, thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Thanks.